Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everybody. My name is Layla, and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're so glad you could join us this morning, but before we get into the Word, let's take a moment and pray. God, we thank you for today, and we thank you for your abundant grace and mercy that you extend towards us, Lord, your compassion and your forgiveness, God. We thank you for your word today, and we thank you for this opportunity and this time together, God. We ask that you will show us what you have for each and every one of us, Lord, through your Holy Spirit, that you guide us into all truth, God. We thank you that you're in our midst, Lord, and that you are here to help each and every one of us, God. So we just thank you for those things. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' amen. almighty name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're glad to have you with us. Uh, so thank you for joining us as we get ready to discuss the next portion in the book of Acts. We're in chapter 20, and we're going to continue our discussion on verses 25 through 38. So I just want to encourage you now, if you're just joining us for your first time or if you need a, an opportunity to refresh yourself on that section of scriptures, to go ahead and pause the episode and take the, the time and opportunity to, to do that and make it easier to follow along in the discussion. Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 All right. And now, at this time, we are going to open the floor up and give each of you the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you might have. Who would like to begin? I would. All right, LaCharles. The Lord was speaking to me about verse 28, and we look at it, and it says, Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock. Um, but what the Lord wanted me to more so um, focus on was that Paul first talked about being um, looking at yourself, mm -hmm. meaning that being aware of yourself, because if we think about it, a shepherd does no good of the shepherds being mauled by the wolf himself. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's a good point. You can't help anybody. I guess you're a distraction for a minute because the wolf can only eat one, one sheep at a time. So you're a, a distraction, but you're not um, truly fulfilling your purpose if you're <laughs> destroyed. You, the proverbial you, not you, my son, but um, that shepherd is no good if he himself is being demolished. Absolutely. Yes, and how Paul was um, telling the elders at Ephesus that they had to be watchful for themselves first before they're able to care for everybody else. I mean, mm -hmm. that they also had to be aware of wolves, not just because of their sheep, but also in their personal lives. And we can see that demonstrated in Paul's own life that he looked out both for his companions, but he also looked out for himself. He didn't do things that the Lord's telling him not to do. Mm -hmm. um, and we see that here he's trying to explain and continue to pass this on this knowledge um, that you have to be first looking at yourself, understanding what the Lord is telling you, because when you do that, all the sheep will be saved as well as you will be. But you have to be consciously aware of everything that the devil's trying. And the Lord related, related to this, the devil isn't just um, concerned about the members inside your church, but they're also concerned about the pastor. That's... Mm -hmm. For most people, that's a single point of failure. If you can get the pastor 
most times other people will follow. So the Lord showed me that we have to be steadfast and firm in our own faith before we can try to lead others or expect to do any good in a situation. And mm-hmm. we see that Paul continues to talk about this in his own life, saying, I have done nothing to you. I have not fallen prey to the adversary. I have not um, done anything that's not becoming of Christ, but I've done everything exactly as the Lord has told me to do it. And I continue to do so. And now he's exhorting them to do it as well and to pay attention so that way they don't fall into the trap themselves. Amen. Amen. That's absolutely important. Go ahead, Promise. Um, in addition to that, it's also important for us to understand that we're not supposed to be looking out for the physical enemies. And um, Lord, um, show me that there's two differences. One is that um, there's people cooperating with the enemy. And then there's one where it's just the enemy. And the Lord brought me to Ephesians 6. Uh, let me flip there. Ephesians 6. Which part of Ephesians 6? Where is it talking about? Um, Ephesians six twelve. Okay. Do you got it? Yes. Okay. Yes, mommy. All right, read it, my love. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And with that, it's important for us not to look at people and say, "Oh man, he's just a wicked guy," but to understand that. Um, especially concerning unbelievers to understand that the devil was working through them and it's up to us to deliver, to bring that people to Jesus so he can deliver them from the, um, bonds of the wicked one. Mm-hmm. And you can see that said Hebrews 2 verse 18. Okay. Um. Go ahead. Continue with your thoughts, sweetheart. I'll turn there. And how we're supposed to constantly be in guard and making sure that we don't become a vessel of the enemy ourselves. And with that um, going, am I looking to the mirror of God and saying, am I becoming a vessel of the enemy? And checking ourselves in one of the most weight, one of the best ways to preventing the enemy from working through us is um, allowing the Holy Spirit to be working in us. Um, I believe we talked about a couple podcasts to go allowing the Lord's will to become our own. And if we mm-hmm. allow the Lord's will to become our own, then and we allow the um, Holy Spirit to be working in and through us, then we'll, then whenever the devil comes, we can say, no, I know that's not right. Mm-hmm. And it's not us saying that. Mm-hmm. It, then the second side was people working with the enemy. And... Mm-hmm. Understanding that there are some people who work with the enemy. Willingly. Yes, mom? Mm-hmm. And not to just, uh, oh, man, those people are just bad at them and try to, con- try to condemn them to hell or try to attack them. Mm-hmm. And But we're supposed to be praying for them and to the, praying, them, praying for them so that they can see the light and that they can turn from their ways. Amen. So that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, right? And... Um, the scripture you referenced in Hebrews chapter two, um, it's, it's perhaps a section of scripture and I'll just read, um, verses 14 through 18. It says, inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death, he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage, bondage. 
For indeed, he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. So the adversary has held people in bondage in times past, but Christ came and made us free. But still we have to choose to walk in that freeness and the people that are willingly yielding themselves to be tools of the adversary are not aware of their freedom or they have um, resisted it or chosen not to partake of the freedom that is there in Christ Jesus. So we have to be um, mindful that we are not allowing ourselves to become um, tools or vessels of the adversary. The, The scripture says that we're not ignorant of Satan's vices. We're not ignorant of the schemes that he tries to work out. So we should be on guard and watchful. But then also, um, Charles, there's an element of we're not supposed to be sitting there watching the devil. Oh, he's doing, now he's over there. Look at him. He's doing this. He's not doing that. When the Lord talks to Ezekiel about being a watchman, as you brought up in the previous podcast, my love, Mm -hmm. him being the watchman meant he was watching Jesus. He was watching God. And And then God... I'm sorry? And listening for his word. Exactly. And God was telling him this, that, and the other. Elisha was not sitting there with binoculars, spying on the king, right? Go ahead. Go ahead, servant Gehazi. Go back and tell him he's over here in the bushes. You know, that's not what he was doing. He wasn't riding a hang glider, going over their camp, you know, trying to figure out their plans. He wasn't eavesdropping at their window. He hadn't trained a hawk or a pigeon to go get a message and bring it back. He hadn't done any of those things, but he was staying in tune to the omnipotent omnipresent one, the all-knowing God. He was staying in communion and fellowship with Holy Spirit, who is everywhere, who knows all things and has all the power. And then the Lord was going, let me tell you what this this one over here is doing. Let me, let me give you this information. And that as his children, that is our focus. The devil is bad. He's only going to do bad. He'll never do anything good. He's only going to do bad. I'll repeat that and state it again. The devil is bad and he only does bad. So there's no need to watch and try to spy out every single element that the devil is doing because pretty soon you'll be in fear. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon you'll be operating in um, not communion with the Holy Spirit, but out of your flesh, trying to prevent the devil from doing what he tries to do. But God is our answer. We focus on Holy Spirit and he'll tell us to speak that word, to decree a thing, to bind and loose and to cast out when it's necessary. But he'll also tell us to release his wise strategies. So the adversary is rendered immobile and helpless and useless and ineffective in what he's trying to do because the king has the answer and he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So we want to make sure that our eyes are staying focused on God, but also at the same time, we are not foolish and ignorant to go, you know, as we move and we're preaching the gospel, the Lord is going to try to stir, I'm not the Lord, but the adversary is going to try to stir up strife. So Mm -hmm. we need to be on guard and resist strife because the Lord has already told us through his word in various ways that he's not the God of confusion, that where there's strife, there's every evil work. The adversary is afoot. So we don't need to partake of said strife to figure out, oh, that was just the devil. We don't need to do that because God has already told us. So we take his wise counsel and that's how we steal the enemy in many ways, just by being faithful to what God has already told us to do and continuing to listen to him. So, Charles, you had something you wanted to say? Oh, honey, you had something first? I did, yeah. I love how you brought that up. Uh, the devil's always looking for a willing participant. 
And then, well, Charles, you brought up. He'll about, take an ignorant one as well. Absolutely, but He'll take a, but, but he has to have a participant. Some someone that will participate with mm-hmm. his schemes, mm-hmm. right? And well, Charles, you brought up about even the shepherd has to be watchful over himself first, and and of course, why? Where the head goes, right? And and yes, we know ultimately the head of the body is Christ, but there the Lord has also assigned people roles, right? Um giving people the head of a household, right? Or the head of a church, right? In or Revelations. Leadership. Yeah. Right. It talks about uh, to the angel of the church of right talking about a person over this church. The overseer. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. An overseer of whatever the Lord had purposed on the destiny track for them. Each of us, uh, it, yes, I'll, I'll say it in this way. Wherever the head goes, the rest follow. And or use as a a way to or attempt to justify their own actions and behaviors, right? Well, so-and-so, they're a pastor and they're doing X, Y, Z, and Q, right? So then they're like, well, I can do the same thing because it's okay. Because they are someone that should be or demonstrate a level of maturity in Christ and knows what to do and not to do, right? Yes. Paul in this is saying, look, I've done the things that's required of me. I've lived this out just like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as a pattern and example for you to follow. It first came from Christ. Mm-hmm. He's saying, I've done those things, and now I've shown you those things. My manner of speech was not just in speech only, but you saw me live out my manner of speech. Right. So as we were talking about the, the willing participant, or just a participant, mm-hmm. right? we first have to be aware that our own life. It's not just for a pastor. It's, not, it's for each of us of ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Why would we want to make life difficult for anyone else? Put a stumbling block. And put a stumbling block. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It, wonderful way to phrase that. But let's let's be aware of ourselves so we're not giving the enemy any foothold and participating in any of his schemes or plans. Whether not it be letting intentionally him, or out of ignorance. Exactly. Because if the enemy can't get to us, right? Say, whoever the head is, by just attacking the head or the one the Lord has assigned in leadership, do you think he might also use someone else or others as a means to then get to whoever that leader is? So I bring that up because, again, we're not to be unaware of the schemes of the enemy. But let's utilize the wisdom that God has given us the knowledge God has given us, coming to an understanding, let's, re- let's get that as well, along with wisdom and knowledge, and apply it. And it first and foremost comes from the Lord. He gives us the plans. Hey, this is what's happening. So you're aware. All right, and now the next step is to seek the Lord. All right, well, Lord, what do I say about it? What do I do about it? What do you want me to do with exactly. this information that you've revealed, Lord? Exactly. So, oh, before you, I'm sorry, the Charles, I'm going to let you go in just one second. I just wanted to say this as well. It's important that as the leaders, the elders, that they shouldn't have been becoming wolves themselves. And I think you brought that up already, Layla. They shouldn't go, hmm, you know what? I got a hankering for some, like a lamb here. I got, I got a hankering <laughs> for some fresh sheep meat, right? And now they are the ones biting and devouring the sheep, Right. Yes, because you you would notice, like for shepherds in particular, they would count each head of, each head of um, the sheep, each each one of them, and they count. They knew the number of them, but when they came back, 
and there were some missing, they, one of their first questions was, did you eat it? Did you get tired of those raisin cakes out there in the field and decide you needed some meat? <laughs> did, did you get tired of that barley loaf, my uh-huh. friend, and go for some, some fresh, fresh leg of lamb, a rack of ribs or something like that? Is that what happened? Or did a, an animal get it? And either way, and Jacob said this when he was at Laban's sheep, that you required it at my hand. So if a sheep came up missing, he paid back what was there, meaning how important it was. They were like, there was 99 when you left. There was 100, but now there's 99. Where's my one? I need my sheep back, right? Because it was important. So as leaders, it's important that we don't go, hey, I know I'm supposed to be taking care of you, little flock, but I'm in need of a, you know, I need a, I'm tired of doing this. I'm going to, you know, and you start putting that other person as a sacrifice for you so that you can take, take a load off or something of that nature, but just making sure we ourselves don't become wolves. Now, Charles. Okay. There you go. (laughs) And then promise. It is as you were saying, mommy, the Lord was just revealing to me was that, um, Paul talks about there's going to be sheep, um, wolves among you and how we also see that, uh, Disciple John talks about that in First John, saying that there's going to be sheep, but they weren't of you. And how the Lord was revealing it to me is that um, when we think of willing vessels of the devil, we imagine black circles, horns on the top of your head, and some pitchforks. <laughs> and exactly. those are like pretty good indicators to us that what you're doing is not from God. But also, we have to be looking and listening to the Holy Spirit. And that goes with what you're saying, Mommy, that we can't be looking, um, saying, that's the devil right there because we'll miss it. It says he comes as an angel of light, meaning that he does not always look bad on the surface. Exactly. And how once we're listening to the Lord, we understand what's truly happening and what truly needs to be done in the situation because we'll understand what's going on and what's of God or what's not of God. And he gave me the example of um, Elisha, how when the Syrians came to take him, um, Ahab said, should I kill them? Actually, it wasn't Ahab. It was a different king said, should I kill them? Because they're standing right there and they're he, blinded. Elisha had led them to the, they were, the Lord struck them with blindness and he led them all hand in hand right into the king's gates. Yes. And then the king said, should I kill them, my father? He, he was chomping at the bit. Like, I can do it. I can do it. And he was like, no, he wouldn't. Go ahead. And how the Lord, um, through Elijah, told him to give them a feast and send them away and how it ended up bringing peace. That's right. Instead of trying to do something forcibly. That's right. And the same is true in our own lives. There's certain situations where the Lord may say, strike the wolf. Or there's other times where he say, may drive it off. Because there's an opportunity for that um, proverbial wolf to come into the flock. Right. And if you guys have ever seen the movie Babe... At one time, you know, Babe is a little pig, but he, he likes to, he thinks he's a sheepdog. So he, he bit one of the little lambs on the leg. Well, he didn't have any teeth and they laughed at him. So sometimes people may be acting as wolves when they're really meant to be a part of the fold and they just don't know it yet. So God will say reconcile, right? As he showed in that case with Elisha, that was reconciliation that brought peace. But then there's another time where it's like drive the wolf off because truly this isn't a mistaken identity here. This one has determined in their heart and their mind to be a predator. And the Lord will teach us how to deal with it. Promise. I'm sorry. Go ahead real quick. <laughs> Thank you, mommy. You're welcome. And love. with what you and Le Charles were saying, mommy, with us turning into wolves, it's not just about us saying, man, I won't go be a wolf one day. It's also us thinking about and starting to attack other people because we think mm-hmm. of what they think, 
because we think what they're doing is wrong. Exactly. And as we start buying and devouring them and start stabbing them in the back and saying, oh, no, you can't do that. And as mm-hmm. we become wolves ourselves. Exactly. We think we're doing God a favor by acting unrighteously towards someone we think is acting unrighteously when the wrath of man never produces the righteousness of God. So the Lord is even saying in that, watch how you judge because in your self-righteous indignation, you are going to destroy your own righteous acts, and now you're going to become like the thing you tried to destroy. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that wisdom. Amen. Thank you, Lord. There's a lot in there, so let's pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, I promise. Lord, just thank you for today. Just thank you for showing us areas that are inside our lives, Lord, that we need to fix, Lord, and just Showing us the way to fix it, Lord, and just giving us your Holy Spirit, Lord, to show us things that need to be corrected, Lord. And, Lord, I also just thank you for showing us the right way, Lord, so that we're able to walk into it, Lord, and not mm-hmm. um, become like those who we don't want to become like, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.